I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. How are we doing? And welcome to the GR with me, Darren O'Sullivan. I'm delighted to be joined by Niall McIntyre and our very own pilot, Lee Costello. Boys, another action-packed weekend. What's the story? Not much, not much. I was just glued to the television all weekend, Darren, uh, as I'm sure every GA fan around the country was. Uh, geez, it was all kind of packed in. It, it, was a, it was a jam-packed maybe two hours and it was just stuff happening everywhere i don't i carry and gog on in front of me and i don't know that i even get to watch much of it at all because you were checking what was going on but uh mm-hmm. it, it was all very good no i i much i made the mistake nearly of going to the drone game which was brilliant but i meant i missed absolutely everything else you know and i was sitting yeah. on my phone half the time like i didn't like that cluxton thing it was you that text me like cluxton's back i was like no way and then yeah. <laughs> you couldn't get wi-fi or 4g so like you're watching this great match but you know you're missing key things everywhere else is it was nearly too much fun jam-packed into such a short period yeah i was supposed to i was supposed to go up to galway the range meet finney and henley above and i was going to meet him early breakfast and the whole lot and go up to the game and i got up in the morning and i went there's actually too much going on and when you're at a game you have no idea what else is going on around the place. And sometimes when you go to the game, you have to go home and rewatch it again mm-hmm. because you can't see or hear a lot of the stuff. So I was like, oh, no, do you know what? I can stay at home and I watch it at home. But like that, I was stuck to the phone trying to check the updates and the, what was going on. And it could be 10 minutes gone. Like, oh, Armagh are up by a pint or no, they're down by a pint or Monaghan are up and then they're down. And no, it is all good. But in fairness, we'll start with Monaghan because... Yeah, they've made mugs of us all again. Uh, we did say it. We said we tipped them to go down, but any team is going to prove you wrong. It's probably them. But genuinely, you just have to tip your hat to them. Like um, yeah, When you're saying it, you're not saying it as an insulting way. They have good players, obviously. But their squad depth is never as deep as a lot of the other counties. And what, how they do it every year to be able to dig deep like that. And then you have players like, Aaron Hughes and Conor McManus is just 
Uh, he's just evergreen. Like he's unbelievable, genuinely unbelievable. It's amazing that they actually he started out as a wing back from on him. Like probably one of the most deadly forwards in any county over the last ten years, fifteen years. I think it's actually seventeen years he's been playing national league. Yeah. Unbelievable. It was iconic, wasn't it? That last shot of him nailing the penalty. And he kind of walks away with the one hand up and the kids come streaming onto the field. The referee knows, like, this is it. Blow the whistle up. Like, uh, unbelievable from on. In fairness now, I do think we uh, we were kind of half hinting. And I, I had a, a hunch that they would, um, not to be blowing my own trumpet here, but I did have a hunch that they, they That's might. what you're doing. Um, That's what you're doing, yeah. I knew. I knew. <laughs> I felt away. Um, <laughs> just because they've done it so many times before. Like, I was looking at it this morning. And like they were sixth this year, sixth in the league, so one spot above relegation. They were sixth in 2022. They won a playoff against Galway in, 20, in 2021. They were sixth in 2019. They were sixth in 2020. They were sixth in 2016. They've knocked out, like in the last three years, they knocked out Galway. Remember Jack McCarron, that was the year of COVID. He, he came up and beat them after extra time. Um, last year, knocked out Dublin. Knocked out Armagh this year. They've knocked out Mayo and Cork in previous years on, on the final day. Like So just unbelievable players who come up and do it in, in the clutch moments. And as as I suppose you talked about McManus and Hughes and then there's Carol O'Connell as well, 34 years of age. These are just the war dogs and they stepped up again. Um, and you just knew they were, they were going to do it. Mayo didn't need to win and... I suppose they needed a bit of luck, Armagh, to lose, but um, Monaghan, Jesus, unbelievable. And the pictures after were, were great. Like, Vinny Corey used to play with them boys, and, you know, he was talking about how, how you know, he knows the calibre of these men, and just uh, delighted for them, like. Yeah, no, and I think you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Consistency. Always, um, in, if you told Evan Reynolds they were sixth every year, he'd be happy enough, like the big six, I suppose. But uh, it is fair going on, no, fairness. And uh, Armand, we gave him a, enough doing, I'd say, last weekend, I mean, probably the week before. I think they're getting what they deserve. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, um, I'm just thinking championship there and how we want to go into championship. And I know look, they got beaten yesterday by is it a point or two points. Um, I think it was like, two in the end, yeah. Two in the end, and they beat Monaghan and they beat Donegal. So they're going, ah, look, you know, they didn't have that bad league or whatever in terms of the teams they could be coming up against. But when you make the the progress they made last year, and you were so excited, people liked watching, people loved watching them. And we won't go stringing off the names or players, but when you're not playing to their strengths and you're going at this ugly style you lose admirers, you lose fans. And I think Armad did throw the league. And I think fortune favours the brave. When you go for it, um, you tend to get that bit of luck. And I think Armad just kind of got no luck either. Like, But like I said, you you, you make your own. Uh, in, in fairness to the Armagh fans, I'd say they, they nearly outnumbered the Toronto ones in Healy Park. It, you didn't know if it was playing at home or away. Um, every catch, you know, they cheered. They're, they're the most ironic bunch I've ever met in my life as well. Because every Tyrone way, they would absolutely lift the roof of the place. They just loved it. But um, sort of got the last laugh in the end. But uh, talking to the RMA fans, even uh, in the wee bar afterwards and stuff, like 
they're so frustrated, they're so annoyed. Um, because the over the past couple of years, they've built up nearly this cult culture of going to all the games, watching this exciting football, win or lose, at least you know we give it everything and we've tried something here. And they just seem to have abandoned that. The team has abandoned that uh, with their ethos. And it's just so frustrating to watch. Um, even like, like Jerome must have kept up. There was a period of the game yesterday in the second half and Jerome kept the ball. I don't know. It could have been five minutes. And no armor. They were just so obsessed with protecting the D, getting everyone in behind. And the ball just went sideways and sideways. Like Jerome were doing everything right. It was typical uh, how Dublin would do things against them sort of teams. Um, and you know Jerome are doing things right. But I just as a fan, when you're there and you paid harder and money to get in you're like not nah, just kick the fucking thing <laughs> but um it must be twice as frustrating then uh if that's the team you're looking uh, and you're supporting and they're losing a game and you're just desperate for them to get at it and you know they can do it but they just won't it's it's so it's so bizarre yeah I, like mcgini came on afters and he was saying look there are positives we are competitive in every game um I, I just found that a strange statement. Like, they're not trying to be competitive. They're trying to win. Um, I thought a statement like that is very, we're the underdogs and we're we're fighting against teams above us, whereas they're supposed to be at the level with the Tyrones, the Kerrys. Like, it's not about competing with them. It's about beating them. Um, they were competing with them teams last year, playing a good attacking brand of football that was getting the best out of their better players. So... I, I found that comment um, very strange. That, yeah, of course they were competitive. They didn't get hammered in every game. When you're playing that negative style of football, you're never going to get hammered. You're just not because you have everyone back behind the ball. It's difficult. It's crappy conditions a lot of the times. Teams aren't going to be shooting the lights out. But I just found that such a strange comment, um, especially from him because he was such a competitor. He is such a competitor. And it's not about being um, competitive it's about driving on it's about showing these teams that you're better than them that you can compete with them not only compete with them you can beat them like sticking with them and losing by a point who cares like when you have the players that they have and we saw glimpses throughout the game yesterday as well like um, they should be looking for a lot more than being competitive. Well, even when you just fight. you look at the fact that they beat Tyrone twice last year and beat them well in Championship and League, so they had nothing to fear, everything to play for, and they still stuck to their guns in in terms of that of that defensive football. That that's just what's so weird about it. I I, I don't know, like it's it's like purposely taking a step back. Yeah, like. <laughs> Even, I don't know, like, obviously, we're on about the performance the whole time. And now there's whispers, uh, Niall, of Rian O'Neill. He's injured. He's not injured. It's a quad injury. No, he fell off a quad bike. No, he had a, he's fighting with the management. There was a disciplinary meeting. Do you know, like, mm. when when things, when there's a bit of, call it discontent, things get out. And I can't imagine the Ironman boys have enjoyed the league campaign too much or enjoyed the style of football that they're, trying to play or playing at the moment no the whole thing has been very it's just been it's been a strange league campaign from Armagh because you expect so much more from them after last year and you were expecting I suppose we were expecting to carry on maybe I'm beginning to think maybe we were expecting a little bit too much 
um, from them and that we, we could even have been over eight in them a small bit. Um, like in fairness to them, they weren't, they weren't too bad yesterday. And like Tyrone, Tyrone, Tyrone were very good. And Armagh did like, it was a, you know, they weren't, weren't too bad. They were missing Reen O'Neill, which is obviously he's their key man and he's, he's their talisman and like, they're going to miss him. Um, but I don't know. I'm kind of just beginning to think that we are, we did maybe overrate them a small bit. Like they beat um, Tyrone last year. Um, Tyrone were just like all over the shop last year to beat Donegal last year. And like we've seen Donegal this year, how, how bad they've been. And look, I don't know, maybe I'm being a bit harsh on them and like the, the, the way they've played um, certainly has like taken away, not just from their, their standard, but the, I'd say the enjoyment of it as well, but it's just the whole thing is very strange up in Armagh and it's kind of hard to wrap your heads around. And yeah, as you said, Darren, the, when the stuff like that, like it's hard, to, that Rain O'Neill thing was all, it was like, it was shocking really the way it was, was spread and like it was all, as it turns out, it was all fairly, like most of the rumours were, were false anyway. There might have been some disagreement when, when he was taken off the last day, but um yeah, just all kind of up. They're up in a bit of a heap now, and uh, there's a lot of pressure on coming up against Antrim in Ulster in that game, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Like, obviously, look, they got relegation division one. It's not the end of the world. It isn't. Um, but it just ramps up the pressure on them for that game. Antrim will go in with nothing to lose. Um, and like you said, a lot of the sideshows and the rumours, there's nothing you can do about it normally but they tend to not come out of camps that are moving in the right direction. They tend to come when there's a few bits and pieces not clicking into gear. But look, it wasn't the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. If they go on and win the Ulster, they won't be too bothered. But I do think staying in Division 1 is important. It took them long enough to get back to Division 1 and three years they're back down. But on a more positive note, Tyrone have finally turned it around. Um they're motoring in the right direction. Their bigger players have, after 18 months probably, started finding form again. Um, they're getting that balance right. Um, you must be happy enough, Lee, with it. Um, but you were there yesterday. How, how was it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a really enjoyable game. Um, you know, we started the podcast, you said Trone get relegated and they ended up higher than Gary, so... <laughs> I don't. I don't remember that. No, I'll get the clip up. Yeah, um, no, it was, it was. It was really good to watch, and it's an it's an exciting Tyrone team. Uh, the forwards we have, we've definitely seemed to settle now. Last year, they couldn't make up their mind nearly between Cahill McShane and Matty Donnelly, and Matty Donnelly seems to solidify that sort of spot. So that's that. You know, one thing ticked problem solved. Ronan McNamee came back into the team the starting lineup yesterday. We he's been a big mess. I've been looking for him in the team sheet all league. I, I'm not too sure where he was or if he was nursing an injury or whatever, but he played at six and he just shores up our defence so much. Like if you look at us now compared to the start of the league and all the goals that Tyrone were conceding and um, they just look defensively much more solid. And then he, he kicked two points as well. And then another plus was a young fella Michael McLean came off the bench. Um, I think he's only like 20 years old, but have you boys seen the size of this man? 
he came off the bench and mm-hmm. everyone was just like, oh my God. It's huge. He, honestly, he looks like he was made in a lab. Uh, he's just already bigger and stronger than everyone around him. Uh, and he kicked a really good point. And, it, you know, even, even just things that got young players come off the bench and, and making an impact. Joe Goose has been brilliant throughout, uh, finishing, I think, fourth in the league, joint third or whatever in points. Um, overall, a pretty good campaign. And, like, a part of me wanted to get into that league final because I think it'd be good for Tyrone. But just after seeing how it ended... I think this is a good place for them to stop now, take two, three weeks or whatever it is before the Monaghan game, you know, reflect on all of the positives, keep that good feeling for a little bit longer, work hard, and then really attack the championship. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, like, uh, like, I suppose like, we'll go up to Pierce Stadium now, Kerry Galway. I I actually thought Galway would beat him on the day. I thought they'd just edge him. I thought they were playing that bit better. And I was there... There was an outside chance of Kerry making a league final. I was like, do Kerry need another game, competitive game, obviously, um, before they went to the Munster Championship where it's not as competitive. But I, I'd be the opposite there. Where some counties I was saying, yeah, they need more games and competitive. I actually think Kerry need a bulk of training. Mm. Um, they were better yesterday individually than they had been for a while. But Galway, I think, will be delighted. Obviously, they're going into a league final uh, should have got a goal after about 15 seconds where they burst through and Shane Murphy actually made a good save. But this league had couldn't have gone, I don't think it could have gone any better for Galway and Porrick Joyce. I think the big question mark over Galway going into this year was squad depth. And they definitely didn't have it last year when they were taking players off. They were replacing with fellas not quite at the same level. Whereas now I think they have that. I think they have better standard of players coming off the bench. They have a lot more options. And being without Shane Walsh for majority of the league, Comer getting injured, it was a case of, right, who's going to stand up? And they had lots of players. Uh, Finnerty obviously got injured, but he's come back. is a big player. Uh, Tierney has been brilliant all throughout the league. And Heaney, I think Heaney's the man that makes him tick. He's just consistently 7 or 8 out of 10. You can put your hat in him. And he was very good again. You see, he's very busy, chips in with a couple of points, works his arse off, very good in the, it, from attacking point of view as well. Um, but Galway, Galway looks stronger than they did last year, which is um, which is great for them. I, I couldn't agree more, um, Darren. I mean, you mentioned there the the lads, the likes of Tierney stepping up. Um, like you have to remember, you have Peter Cook back as well. And you know they didn't have him last year. And I always, a, I always forget him. Actually, I always yeah. forget to throw him in there, and he's been a massive plus for him. Huge, huge addition. Um, other lads like Cahill Sweeney looks like a, you know, he he's a live wire inside. Another lad, you know, maybe he he might be starting when it comes down to it. But like, a, a, like remember the All Ireland final last year? The the difference probably for Kerry was they had a good bench coming on. Galway didn't really, you know, they hadn't these. The lads coming off the bench who are going to, you know, who hadn't they hadn't really settled into it yet. But the likes of Sweeney now, even you see the likes of Tom O'Callaghan, Daniel O'Flaherty, all these boys got the experience in the league this year, and they look Galway look as as well placed as anyone you'd have to say. Um, I'd say they'll probably the 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 league final next week, and they have two weeks after that. Um, before they play the first round in Connacht. So so you'd have to have them as favourites. 
for for the league final with, with, with Mayo playing a week after. Um, so, yeah, I think Galway are in a brilliant place. They've Partice has managed it brilliantly, this whole league campaign. They've new lads stepping up. Um, and, yeah, I thought the boss that game yesterday. They just looked like they had Kerry. They had their number. They were able to run through them. Like, they were kind of bossed the middle of the field with Conroy and Cook. John Daly was picking passes. Um, I know Walsh wasn't too involved, but, you know, he, he was still... And he does is kind of class, like, and he sets up, up, makes a lot of space for, for the other lads. So, um, everything about Galway now you'd have to admire um, Yeah, at the moment. No, they're definitely... Um, like, I'm not going back to Armagh, but, you know... Galway progressed massively last year and it was a case of right how are they going to kick on and Galway have done that and like defensively Kerry got 14 points um, if you were holding the top teams to 12 and 14 points you'll take that um, every day of the week no Kerry were poor from an attacking point of view yesterday but we'll stick with the Galway what they were doing well they actually did they cut through Kerry especially in the first half now more so in the first half I actually think Kerry were lucky to not be further behind at half time. Um Galway actually had left a good couple of opportunities behind them. Obviously the goal they get was a bit fortuitous. It was a, a, another goalkeeping mistake by Kerry. But like from a Galway point of view, it's just about picking that right fifteen now and what players are gonna be better suited to come on off the bench. Um there's a bit of a juggling act there as well, um, which is a great um, problem for Joyce to be looking at. It's a case of right, get the right balance now and which players are going to be able to make a bigger impact when they're coming off the bench in the championship because I think they'll go all out for the league as well. And we'll talk about that a bit later on. I just think in terms of momentum um, and they have an extra bit of focus on the league final, more so than Mayo, who might be kind of looking kind of peripheral vision at Roscommon but um, no I think from a defensive point of view Sean Kelly's been freed up this year and is continuously bombing on um, creating play creating overlaps being a link um, he was very good as well I know we gave him a slag in a couple of weeks ago about his little um, dive but uh, <laughs> he's doing everything that you'd want from him and from he's, a captain he's unbelievable. as well yeah. The speed yeah, of him, been, nobody can chat. nobody can keep up with him at all. Like, and he runs through and creates chances or sticks it over the bar. He's know, it's a mo- at the moment. He he's a he's a, a, a strange run. At times you'd be there going, somebody just catch him, but they can't seem to catch him. And he drives um, right through the middle as well. Like it's not like he's yeah. hugging the sideline. You know, he's going straight, so you know what he's going to do, but no one can stop him. It's, it's insane. <clears throat> Yeah, no, he was um he was very good again yesterday. Um, from a Kerry point of view, it's a it's a tough one to know. I think they badly needed the end of the league. Genuinely, I um I don't think getting to a league final would have helped them. Even if they won a league final, I don't think would have made made a difference. I think they need, and they're lucky they have a couple of weeks of training. It's not. Neat not even to do with the Munster Championship and how easy or not easy that might be. They need a couple of weeks together. I know they're going on a training camp, which will, it's, it's like doing a month month's training in a, in a week. And I always loved it. But you get back into that bubble. I think something that um, 
people are forgetting as well as and I was only thinking about it recently why I think the standard has been quite poor in the league up to now is you have six months the season now with the split season we all love it um, you have six months of playing at this level the elite level right up the top and then you go back to the club and county championship or at your county is down to about here but then most players are playing down here it's a big jump for six months to be playing here and to get back to this level. <clears throat> it's not easy to do. Like, and even like Paddy Clifford was, it was his best game back yesterday for Kerry. He got two points from play, was involved in everything. Could have got a couple of goals. He had um, two goal chances. Maybe could have scored. Maybe could have, should have got one of them or whatever. But he seemed to have a bit more energy in him. And he had a long year last year. And you're playing at a level here where it's, quite easy you're strolling through a lot of games at times but trying to get back up it takes a bit of time and I genuinely believe six months away from the elite level back with the clubs has actually not just Kerry this is all over because I, I don't think the standard's been great we talked about it I think that's been a, a big knock on effect this year and Kerry I think need that couple of weeks now together because obviously between injuries and the, the players with the extended club run um, they just need a couple of weeks together because they're not clicking. Um, they got a few better performances individually yesterday. I think Shawnee was a bit better yesterday. Obviously, I mentioned Pawdy. Um, there's something not quite right at the moment. Um, sometimes it is a case if you win All-Ireland, then that edge is gone as well. So they're definitely in a, in a position now where I think Jack would be delighted to get his hands on him now for a consistent couple of weeks. And he'll have so many different examples where they need to sharpen up. So it's going to be interesting just to see how he does it as well because Jack definitely doesn't know what his best 15 is at the moment. Well, what do you think Jack is like in terms of a second season, the season after an All-Ireland? Does, like, what, what's the manager meant to do? Do they sort of rip up the script and try to bring the players back down to earth? Is, is that their first goal? You know, nearly ripping them back down to try to build them up again. You know, or what you've had experience with them. What's what's he like, uh, or what would he be like in the dressing room at the minute? Yeah, like he'd be grand. Like he, he's obviously, I'd say, he's mellowed a good bit um, since my time with him. But uh, like that, when you win all Ireland, you're obviously doing a lot right. So you might have one or two. What you what you hope for is it'll be one or two lads who are going so well at training you're delighted to be throwing him in in place of somebody who played the year before because it's a bit of a kick up the arse, but it's a message to everyone else. And unfortunately, I don't think we've had that. We've had a few fellas who came in, Darryl Roach did quite, he did okay at the first couple of games, got injured. Don Sullivan's done quite well, but not, you couldn't nail him on for a couple of games. We've actually had nobody to come in and, go hold on a second this fella's come out of nowhere he could start ahead of whoever it is um, and that's what you need so like that um, Jack this year is bounty different when we had him because of the, the long break that was there the injuries they've had and the players come back late but I do think he'll be I wouldn't say tearing shreds off him no or anything like that he's not going to be that cranky about it um, I'd say he anticipated a league campaign like this but he will be definitely highlighting a lot of what they're not doing that they were doing last year. Like even the chances they're running through the middle of God were doing, they, that wasn't happening with Kerry last year. Kerry had that areas um, tightened up. 
And to be honest, like you're looking ahead, and we're, we're, we talk about months championship not being great, but Cork are banging in goals, um, and they have been quite impressive um, in moments. In the and they did look. I know Derry weren't at full strength to weekend, but it was another big, big draw, big performance, a late equaliser, which build and help build a bit of confidence and momentum. So, look, I think Jack will. He'll be just happy that the league is over. Still Division 1 and they have a, a month or three weeks, whatever it is, to get things right, sharpen up a small bit like that. None of the full forward line scored from play yesterday. Um, only Sean and Potty scored, which is never good enough. Um, but on another day, Clifford, David, might have got a few, but I think he was forcing a BSA. He looked frustrated, looked a bit looked a bit out of sorts. Um, so, yeah, a lot to work on for Kerry. Um, what will that training camp be like, Darren? Are they um, are they hectic? Yeah, they would have been. They would have been before, um, because like that, you'd have had a long layoff. Um, I heard it was on another podcast recently. I think it was one of the tip hurlers, and he hated it, and he thought they should be scrapped. But it yeah. like it, it's on opinion. I I loved them. Um, they were very hard. Like you'd be on the way over, and you'd be absolutely petrified. Going, oh, this can be tough. And for a lot of it, it was the running sessions were the running sessions are never nice, whether the sun is shining or it's pissing rain. Um, but the football over, honestly, was so quick, just rapid quick, and it was brilliant. I loved them. Um, the training was great. Um, the crack was good. The amount of work you get done, the bit of a bond you start getting back in. Yeah, I couldn't speak highly enough of them. I loved them and like that. We were lucky enough that we got a lot of opportunities to do it in our early years. Um, but I think Kerry needed, whether it was in whether it's in Portugal or up the road, um, you need somewhere where the outside distractions aren't there that you can solely focus on what you're trying to do. Like I said, a lot of the boys wouldn't have trained a whole pile together over the last couple of months. We're in we're in March now. We're in late March, so we're nearly in April. Um, so you have three full months gone, and what what day was the All Ireland last year? July wasn't it? July July nineteenth, maybe. Catch catching both of you on the hop there with that one. But you're looking at you're looking at nearly eight months where they haven't had a full squad to train together. Like uh, that's a long time. But this isn't just a carry issue. This is everyone. So I think this um, getting players back um, and playing together and back on that wavelength and just getting that bit of sharpness and sometimes when the speed of training goes up which it will on the camp just brings a new level of confidence so yeah look I'm, I'm sure then I know Limerick Hurlers went off recently um, look it's it's a hard one to fit in for a lot of counties but I think Kerry whether they were doing it at home or what they just need a bulk of training together um, where they can kind of start getting them connections back would you be would you be doing like do you know, would it be like a session in the morning, a gym session, football? Like, is there two or three sessions a day and then a bit of crack in the three, evening? Yeah. yeah, it'd be three. So you get up in the morning and uh, you'd be in apartments or whatever. And so you might have a few little bits and pieces around the house for a bit of fruit, tea bags or something. So you might get up, have a cup of tea. That'd be about it. Maybe not even water, whatever it is. And you go down, you train in the morning. Training in the morning was normally the running session. Um, so you do your kind of you're running in the morning, you go back up, you have breakfast, back to the rooms, and you normally go back to bed, um, get up again, 
lunchtime session would be football. So right in the heat. And now if it was too hot, they'd push it an hour or two, whatever. Normally it was peak heat time when you play football and the pace of the football was unbelievable. Genuinely, unreal. And the pitch is over perfect. Um, yeah, you'd no excuses. And then you'd have lunch and you'd go back and you might go for another sleep or you might be in the physio. Or, and then you'd have an evening session, which would be a gym or it'd be a meeting where you'd be doing bits and pieces. Yeah, and then you'd have a bit of crack in the evening where all the childish antics come out and the messing starts. Well, um, well, the, well this might be a silly question in regards to that, but like, how, how does that work with work? And like all the players and, and getting everybody, because some of them are bound to be like teachers and things, you know. It can a, lot, be... a, lot, a lot of them are teachers now. I don't know, to be honest. I, like, I would have always had to book a week's holidays. Yeah. It was always a week's holidays for me. Um, in terms of the teachers, I don't know. I presume they have to book it off and hope, hope there's a bit of understanding. Yeah. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not too sure. Um, is it Easter? Maybe they're going for next week's Easter. Yeah, yeah. I just I can't work out that perfectly. Every year I would have thought, but. Um... Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd say it's Easter holidays, um, as far as I know. Um, but I don't know. Like that, it was always a case of when I was playing, I would never take holidays from. Like, to be honest, I used to always have to. I used to take a day off after most away league games because I was never going to take a week and do nothing and sit around the place with a pain in the arse. So I'd take a. Let's say if we were away in Tyrone, I'd take the Monday off after it. That'd be about it. And so I'd always had holidays to take. Um, in the four or five weeks holidays you get in the bank, 21 or 25 days. But from February to the end of September, you wouldn't be going away. And then you finish that and you're thinking, oh, I'll go on holidays now. And you're like, no, no, we've got a championship. <laughs> so you never get a chance to go away. But um, yeah, most of it, it's just like you get, a, you get a bit of notice and you book them in or whatever. So teachers would normally start holidays. <laughs> So, yeah, but um, no, I think um, like that, I think Kerry will be delighted to see the back of the league. And I think Galway will, I think Galway, like even Joyce's interview after, I think he'd be absolutely delighted. Um, chance for league, fine, getting into Crow Park, getting silverware in Crow Park, beating Mayo. Now we'll talk about Mayo a bit later on, but I just think, I think both teams are going in with the right attitude. I think it's going to be a great final. But... Yeah. Another team in Connacht who will be sitting there with their feet up, a nice hot cup of tea, hoping the two boys absolutely cut lumps off each other is Roscommon. Um, big win the weekend, great way to finish the league. They started really well, had a blip, and they got caught a few times with maybe a little chance they might get relegated, but they finished off really well yesterday. Um, a very good league for Roscommon um, and the new management team. They got exactly what they wanted out of it. They're staying in Division 1. They found a couple of good players to take the pressure off the old dogs. Um, but Donegal... My God. <laughs> where, where do you even start? Uh... I, I rang Eamon last week. I didn't even answer with a hello. He goes, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> so um, and like that we were just chatting away but there was no just I'd say for Donegal people it's just so annoying they're just they're big GA people up there and it's just it's such a sideshow uh, it's a bad bad week a couple of weeks yeah uh, shambolic like uh, 
I think Gooch was right in the Sunday game. Like it was, uh, you know, like the players, they were the ones who who ousted Paddy Carr, and then to perform like that, they only scored nine points and hammered. You know, you'd be expecting a little bit more from a team that have, you know, just got rid of their manager. But um, just Jesus, yeah, it is. You you would feel sorry for like. Do you know the as you mentioned there the good GA people up there because like it's not just the senior <coughs> team that's struggling that whole academy thing like that's just um it's a sorry sort of a state and you don't like hearing anything like that and it's just it's tough to look at like Donegal such a you know such a good county and there's such good players as well even still there and they just it's not happening. Yeah, I you I was I was chatting with Coach when he was traveling up for the Sunday game yesterday and we we're we we're just on about it and we we're on with this that and the other. And he said that he goes, "Yep, the players aren't doing the business on the pitch either." Like, and he was right. And we were, like, we were both saying, "Be interested now this weekend, um, right? They suppose if nothing to play for, right? They possibly could have avoided relegation with a few freak results, but they showed nothing." And like, and he was right on the Sunday game, and he was right to call it out. Um, there's been a lot of talk about the management there's been a lot of talk about um carol Lacey and the development team there's been a lot of talk about the county board but at the end of the day right they be carried the start of the league carried team with nothing done but they they just there was no fighting there was no fight and this weekend of all weekends like i like sometimes they'd be blue in the face saying on this podcast like a lot of times you just want attitude run around throw your body on the line Show that you care, but two points kicked in the second half, no fight. Like, could him sit on the show, like, you know, can we get this the world's against us? It's us against the world. Nah, no. they were jumping on the world's team, they were getting ready to give Donegal a bait in it themselves. Um, so yeah, very disappointing. Um, like, I felt sorry for Paddy Carr as well. When it beat Kerry, you could see the emotion. He, like, he went for the job, he got the, he got the job. Um, and I think with everything going on, I just don't think he got the support of the players. Yeah, yeah. And what, Either, what, what, what do they even go from here? But like, what do they do? Do they go? Do they try to keep on Paddy Bradley and O'Rourke to to try to carry it through? Because they've got such a short period of time, and uh, any work that they have done this season so far, at least use that as a foundation and try to build from there. Or do they try to get someone in, like a an, an emergency kind of manager? Jim McGuinness is apparently available. You know, people will be talking about that. But I'm thinking, like, if you're a manager and you're a good manager, you wouldn't take that risk. Like, why would you put your reputation on the line for them, boys? You're clearly not representing themselves pretty well or their jersey. Do you know what I mean? I, I literally don't know what, what they can do to even attempt to salvage this season. Yeah, Lee, I, I don't know. If I'm Murrock or Bradley, I'm, I'm getting out of Dodge. I... Like they're going to be thrown under the bus now anyway at this stage um, are they going to get a kick off the lads uh, it's hard to see that they would um, no if they were if it was their own county it's a yeah stick around but uh, no if I'm them I'm getting out of dodge it's too messy from the top down and there's nothing positive there I'm out of the gap and the, you mentioned it if any good managers there, who would take it? Well, was it a week or two ago, Jim McGuinness came out with in that interview and he said, well, I offered my services and or whatever he offered and I didn't hear back. 
well, I'd be saying you offer them now because they need somebody now. And there's very few that would get a kick. Up you step, son. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's no point coming out with these statements. Oh, I offer my services. He was kicking them when, when they were down the county board. It was a nice chance to get a dig in. Oh, I offered, and they never got back to me. Well, don't mind the county board. The players need somebody now. And they need someone that's going to kick their hole. And I think he'd get a reaction like that. I think he'd be able to bring in, I don't know, even Michael Murphy might win as selector till the end of the season. I don't know. Maybe he'd say, no, I need to stay away for a year. I don't know. But they need somebody that would, they wouldn't be able to blame anyone. Do you know, I think the players need somebody that they'll get a kick off. Um, if I'm Bradley in a rook like that, I'm getting out of dodge. They came in with Carr, they threw him under the bus. Um, and I'd say, look, we came in with Paddy Clare. He's left, so we're going to move on. Um, yeah, and I, I definitely think look, there's enough people up in Donegal that could get a, get them going in the right direction. I don't like getting relegated in a big deal. They they were always going to struggle when Michael Murphy left. Um, he was just such a big player. And you can't even compare him to Kerry losing Clifford or Dublin losing whoever. And he was everything to Donegal for so long. You can't, no team can compare to that. So losing him and then obviously McBrady was supposed to step up this year and he got injured. So going back, going down a division isn't a big deal, I don't think. Sometimes you have to go backwards, go forwards, give their younger players, fellas, breaking in a chance to find their own form, find their own personalities and the team to find a new personality. But I'm going off topic there, but the likes of Paddy Karen Bradley or Paddy Bradley and O'Rourke, I'd be there going, no, it's not worth this stress and it's not worth this. And I get out of dodge. And then you put the, you put the, the emphasis back on the Donegal people that want to get the team back to where they are. And I'd be saying to, to Jim, Jim, you came out two weeks ago with a big statement. Come on. What is this? Your county needs you. <laughs> Oh, you, sound like, you sound like Kevin Cassidy Darren did you see his tweet last week I did what was it again I remember reading it I had a bit of a laugh about it but uh, what was he saying again up you what step son up you step <laughs> yeah there you go but like that that's you know like look we don't know anyone's situation or whatever but I, I'm, I did say it at the time I was like there was no need for him to come out there was enough shite going on at the time and it was a case of right I'll get a little kick in here while while they're being bait with this stick and I'll be there going no help you step go on Cassidy's right but he is to be fair no point saying these things they need they need so now and look like that Bradley and uh, Oruk might stay on I think it'd be a mistake by both if they did they'd get out of there um, and then it's up to the Donegal people to sort out themselves Um so yeah, that's Division One in a big nutshell. Um, we go through the other divisions now. We go down to uh, Division Two. I suppose straight away. It's just gone down one, and uh, the fairy tale ending for Loud never came. Maybe if Sam was up front, we might have had a different result. Uh, but they look good. They look really good. They cut Dublin off on numerous occasions. Um, it could have been a very different result and Dublin 
I put it this way. I'm going to cut the whack off them and then I'm going to tip them to beat Derry next week. That's how odd I am. Um, I just, there's something not right there. Um, and obviously when you're bringing Cluxton back and look, we all know what Cluxton was or what he is, bringing a 41-year-old back and like the the squad looks way better now with Cluxton, McCaffrey, Mannion, McCarthy and all the, the names we knew for so long. But you have to move on. You have to move on. The fact that they brought him back and Desi came out on about the injuries. Um, I'm sure there's some other young goalies around the place. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a, it's a sideshow. It's a sideshow and it's a distraction. Um, but look, they got promoted. They got the goal that they wanted. But I don't really think they're. They're definitely not. They're not. They're not more fun. No. Well, there's two. Th- there was two things that kind of stood out for me during the match. Was uh, Kylian O'Gara's first um, point he scored. Like he had a. Cormac Costello was barking at him straight away after. Like you, you should have passed me that ball. It was a goal on. And you, you were saying this a few weeks ago. It was over the Kilkenny one. Um, when he should have passed to, I think it was Costello as well, um, that Dublin always do. They always give that simple pass, but they're not doing it this year. And there was another time later on in the game, Paddy Small, did you see that one where he was, he took a shot and the goalie was kind of out with him, but there was a lad standing on the line. He tries to side foot one in when Larkin Odell is free on his left-hand side and Paddy Small just doesn't give the pass. Like it was, it was, it was a lot more selfish than the O'Gara one. Like, and it was one you'd expect Dublin to give and then that Cluxton thing is just it's very 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 strange like um watching it on TG Carr when he just popped up in front of you you nearly think your eyes are playing tricks with you because uh in fairness to the Dublin players um I was reading Desi Farley said after the match that Cluxton has been training with them for the last few weeks um and you talked about something coming out with the Armagh camp down and it's a sign of a good camp when nothing comes out well nothing comes out with that Dublin camp definitely but um, I definitely don't think it's a, a good thing. Like Stephen Cluxton is 41 years of age. Um, he's been gone for the last two years. Um, Desi said, Desi actually said, yeah, like he always said that if we needed him, uh, he'll come back. That was the gist of his interview. But like they did need him for the last two years. And where was he then? Um, do you know, does 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 they have apparently the goalkeeping issues? Evan Comerford has has an injury. But it just, um, I think it puts a, a good bit of pressure now on the likes of David O'Hanlon, who has been doing very well in goals. And yeah, I just don't really see the, I think, I think, I guess, I think I guess, it's a very strange one. I guess the other argument of it is, is like, oh, isn't it brilliant to have someone like him around the place and, and sort of the leadership aspects and how he conducts himself and everything <laughs> and what what a role model and all. But I think, I think bring him in as a selector or... In some sort yeah. of goalkeeper coaching role, do you know, like why are you bringing him in just to put extra pressure on the goal? Like, is is that Dublin's problem? Their goalkeeper? Do you know what I mean? Like, out of all the things that we've been saying, where Dublin Dublin have been struggling, maybe no one's ever really been saying, oh, they got it's the goalkeeping situation. Do you know, like it just hasn't been an issue. Um, this does sort of reek of, I don't know, desperate, uh, sort of hitting the panic button almost. Uh, it's it's just so strange. Along with the likes of. Jack McGathrey and stuff coming back. I mean, at least they're 
what age wise they're in their prime and Paul Mannion's playing unbelievable stuff with Kimball Cook Crooks. So all, all of that makes sense that he's coming back. But this over reliance and that golden era, I mean, if they don't move on now, when will they move on? Like when, what what is the plan for the future? Because they keep trying to hold on to something that's gone. Um and looks at yeah, like Darren's right, they will go. I think they will probably beat Derry and and then, you know, they'll win Leinster, they'll have a good championship. And if they do win the All Ireland, then we're all raw. But I just think they're, you know, sacrificing tomorrow for today and it'll catch up with them eventually and and they'll find themselves in a big, big uh Yeah. And the other one is, and I don't want to be the one breaking this, but uh by all accounts, Keno Sullivan is coming back to play centre back. He hasn't played with his club in a couple of years, but he is the final piece of the jigsaw. They're getting <laughs> the old band back together. Um <laughs> No, he's not. He's not coming back. I don't think. Um, Where, no, where's it, Dennis Bastic? <laughs> Dance with the stars. <laughs> um, no, yeah. Look, look, the squad. When you're seeing it on paper, now you're like, oh, Cluxon, McCaffrey, McCaffrey. You know all the old names. It just look. It is one of them ones, and look, he's not coming back to sit on the bench. He's come back to play. And every one of them goal is in training at the moment. However many of them, one, two, ten of them, I don't know. They know that. He did not come back at this stage of his life to be sitting on the bench. It's serious pressure for them, lads. Serious pressure. Hey, I, I tell you, first round, first round of Lens Championship, I've been knocking and high balls to bait the band and throwing some big lump on top of Cluxon. So there's pressure on him now as well. Do mm-hmm. you know? But um, no, look, time will tell. I do think there's a big, like I think uh, Keegan said it last night, like your smart money going into the final would be on Derry. And maybe it's because of history, like oh, there has to be some kicking dog. We're waiting for it for the last while. There has to be kicking him. Uh, I think we might see it in the league final. That just, they have a way of eking games out. Um, but yeah, time will tell. Derry have been excellent throughout the throughout the league, and they kind of put out a bit of a shadow team. Where rested a few players weekend, and Cork got a good good result, a good late goal to equalise. Um, but like we kind of all knew from a long way out that the Division Two was going to be Derry and Dublin going up, and obviously we knew Clare and Limerick had gone down last weekend. Um, but another talking point, and it's Leinster again. The Battle of the Misfits, Mead and Kildare. Um, yeah, Mead, Colmark had a good start, decent start, and it's just gone all gone pear shaped. And Kildare were, Kildare were our, what we call them, the team we like to bait, bait around the place the most on this podcast for a couple of weeks. But look, they've had two good wins now to finish off the league. But neither of them team are going to be going into championship with much, um, much. Positive or optimism? Me scored two points from play yesterday. Like, that's, like, that's embarrassing. Do you know? It was coming. Like, I don't know where you even start. Like, they've got one point in their last five games. They had a great start to the league, and it was all going well. Like, there was they did maybe they banged in the goals them early days, and looking back now, you'd have to think it was just a bit of luck to do with that. The one excuse they had yesterday. Was Donald Keown, uh He's their captain, and he missed his first game. It was his first game in eighty-two consecutive games he played. So he's just an unbelievable, um, oh, yeah. unbelievable 
player and servant for me, but um, and obviously a big loss yesterday, but 13 8. And Glenn Ryan, after the game, he wasn't impressed with Kildare either. He was saying, you know, we got the win, but this wasn't a good performance. So it's hard to see either of them teams, neither of them are in a good spot. Um, the only positive between them, I think, is Derek Irwin. And he's, while Kildare has struggled, he's been absolutely brilliant throughout the league. And he isn't, you see his highlights, he's an unbelievable man to kick points and can kick him off both feet. And he's a top class forward and maybe single handedly he can uh, do a bit for Kildare. But uh, yeah, there's tough for Colm O'Rourke now, tough start because they actually could end up in a Talton Cup now. I know it's a bit of a long shot, but if Down were to get to an Ulster final, Down um, had Donegal in the first round. So you'd nearly fancy them the way things are going there. So uh, yeah. But uh, Lee, like I'll ask you, I suppose. Well, the Talenting Cup, I know it's a bit of a kick in the gut for me, but would maybe going down a level and building a bit of confidence, winning a couple of games, maybe potentially and probably should be winning silver, would that not be a good thing for me? Yeah, it may be. Um, I just think, and like we, we, it hasn't been around long enough for us to have any sort of historical evidence to support this, but like it's the people who go down and, you know, it's the attitude nearly with it. If you end up in the Talchian Cup, then you're not happy about it. They're the teams that usually don't perform. Like like down last year, really didn't want to end up in the Talchian Cup. They got relegated. They scraped together some form of a team and they did a poor showing of themselves. Um, whilst you had teams like Cavan and Westmeath who, who knew they were going to be in the Talchian Cup and so they saw it as an opportunity really early on you know, uh, to put, you know, uh, make as an actual goal uh, for the season and then, and then build for that. So I don't know, like if me find themselves in it after losing so many games, it's nearly too late the season to like turn everything around at that stage and tell yourself that this was the goal all along because you know everyone around you has been talking about how disappointing you've been. And even if they do win it, it'll be a little bit, or if they even do well in it, it'll be a little bit of a, yeah, but it's only the Talchian Cup because we just know that that wasn't their goals at the, the start of the season. Um, I would be more inclined to think the likes of a down uh, or awfully would, would be giving it a real rattle this year. Yeah, I'm, uh, like you mentioned, down there. So we're going to scoot down to Division 3 and uh, they had a big win against Offaly and they have to kill cool lads back on, uh, back on side. We had enough... Um, like, did I disappear there for a second? Yeah, what you say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just leaving you hanging out there. Um, yeah, I was, my earpods went funny and went, but um, no, Down had a good win last week against Offaly and um, getting the kill cool lens back on the side. Um, even our old buddy Brannigan is in with Down now, so uh, it's great. Um, now all of a sudden you're these lads from a very strong club team bringing that attitude to the county and they're they're moving in the right direction. A bit of luck, maybe they could have been looking at promotion as well. Um, but for Manor, definitely the story of Division 3 been absolutely brilliant. Um, I expected Cavan to win the weekend. Um, they've kind of stuttered along. There's something about Cavan that, I don't know, just when you start to think they're going to kick on and really drive on, a bit like last year in Telford Cup final and losing it then to Westmead, they just can't be trusted for everything good that they do. They tend to 
Paul Shark or Fermanagh have just been outstanding in fairness to them. Yeah, I think Fermanagh needed a result yesterday. Kevin, you know, they didn't need it. So I I suppose we'll we'll maybe leave it to the league final to judge who's better. But one thing can Kevin did get two poxy goals yesterday. Uh just kind of yeah. floaters for points, drop short and kind of freak goals actually. But um the one thing you'd have to say is that Ulton Kelm, lads, he is an absolute Rolls Royce. He just puts the head down and bombs and he's like a bull going forward. And it's he the only way he knows is to go straight. And he scored one three yesterday. And uh God, I'm looking forward to watching him. Um I'd say you know more about me. He was he was down in the FL, wasn't he, for a while? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of hype about him, but there's been a lot of hype about a lot of Fermanagh players. And then it, it sort of like down last year. And um, the issue with Fermanagh is that they couldn't get all of their best players to commit to County because it was such a big commitment, obviously, just to, you know, go out early in the Ulster Championship and not really get a fair whack at it. But that's why the Talchian Cup and opportunities they got are so good. Um, and they've seemed to live under the new management or is their second year in charge now, he seems to have galvanised them. They've got a, a system of play. They have real belief. So many of their wins this year came right down to the wire. And um, that's always a sign of a good team, a team that never gives up and, and pops up from nowhere. And then just to comment also on down, uh, I'm when you look at them, if you just think 12 months, like how massive 12 months can be in Gaelic football. We picture them last year under James McCartan. Uh, the players went on the beer. He resigned. He came back. Do you remember all that scandal? And you're just like, God, is there a county right now in more disarray than down? And then compared to like if a Donegal then, you know, under Declan Broner, or just sort of going well, Michael Murphy's still in charge, you know, one of the favourites for the Ulster Championship. They got to the final anyway. Uh, and now 12 is just completely flipped on its head. You know, now Donegal's the disaster team down or on the up and they're playing each other in the Ulster Championship in a couple of weeks. And you'd be crazy to back against down because, I mean, I, I, can't, I can't get over how quickly things have changed in that way. And I suppose that could nearly be a, a plus save for Donegal. They could be like, well, maybe we can turn, change things quickly ourselves. But I, I would nearly back down in, in that championship day. Life comes at you fast. Yeah, yeah and like that, it's hard to change a form around. Um and there will be pressure on Donegal going into it. Obviously, they're the Division One team. Uh, but yeah, I, I'd agree with you. I wouldn't be backing against Down at the moment. I think they have a good, um, they're on a good trajectory. Um, they're moving in the right direction. Um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. Uh, the bit of the few weeks the teams have to train, or the few teams that have a bit of time to train, there's going to be lots to do. Um, and it'll be interesting how teams prepare for the championship with it coming so close, but there, there's not much a lot of them can do. Um, not much you can do to find your form in two weeks, really, to be honest. Um, like, I think a lot of teams are banking on peaking. I don't know how you peak. Like, my thing is, I, I see, um, we're going on to Division 4 now, anyway. Um, Andy Moore was given out about burning out the players. I, I don't get that, to be honest. The season now, we'll say January. January to the end of June or whatever, July. Six months. Seven games in the league. How many games championship? Five or six, max? Going well, going well. Yeah. Let's get into the final. So, you go 13 games, max, in six months. Where? Where are we going with burnout? 
Yeah, what what does he want actually is what you'd have to ask. Yeah, like, I, like we I know saw how bad that. It was. I, yeah, I have a good time for Andy. He's doing a great job at Legion, but I was there going, "What's he talking about?" Like he kind, of, like, he was making a good point when he was there saying that, um, you know, it's unfair on Sligo to have, you know, they'll have the league final and then they'll have the Connacht Championship the next week, which is I, fair I enough. Do you know? I can understand that. Two weeks, you you could do it. Two weeks between. Um, the league final and the championship and Roscommon or not Roscommon uh, Mayo would say the same I'd say but then he kind of went off on that tangent and yeah the same as you Darren like I don't know how wh- what where he's coming from like yeah like it's hard to compare it to other sports in Elgo or that's professional but like we all watch a bit of soccer and you win the league cup you're up the following wins your tours you win the um, you could win the league one weekend I don't know what with the FA Cup used to be the week after like same with the, the rugby boys. Like they were playing six nations, they had five rounds of the six nations, they had five games, same as the league. That's heavy metal. Yeah. <laughs> they're not you know what you could say oh they're professional, but I think the system the way it is now, I know what there should be a bit more of a gap between things, but you've none of the heavy metal training throughout. That's where you get the burnout. Like so I don't know. But anyway, division four was super Sunday stuff. 66 minutes gone, Leitrim and Leitrim are going through. Cracked on another 10 minutes, it's Whitley on Sligo. So the only good thing that happened for Armagh were the two Cross McGlynn managers got promoted. But um, yeah, it was like five teams had potential to go up in Division 4. Five? Or the four? Wexford had an outside chance. Yeah. Um, but my yeah. God. There was great excitement in it. I can understand the emotion of Andy. He probably got wrapped up in the emotion, probably a bit cross. But because um, I think he was looking for a bit more time and maybe a few <laughs> steps the with picture? the last score. His picture with the ref was yeah, Ferguson. <laughs> like Ferguson. The two of them pointing at their watches. <laughs> like, my watch is better than yours. <laughs> yeah, my time is right. <laughs> no, I know it was brilliant. And like that, it's, it's going to set up for a great final now as well. Moshi um, McConville. His first year with Wicklow against his old club mate, Tony McAfee with Sligo. Um, first of all, massive well done to Oshin. Like going in their first year, big job. Um, probably didn't know a whole pile about the division. Definitely didn't know a whole pile about the Wicklow lads, I'd say, going in. Like trying to get a handle on a team in that short space of time. Like that, the way the games are coming out, there's very little time for proper training to get to know fellas. So, Massive and like that, Sligo have been had a rough couple of years and looked like they're moving in the right direction. Um, massive win, massive win, and like to pull it out of the bag so late on as well. He showed great character, um, but they did nearly throw it away at one stage, I suppose. So that'll be a bit of a worry for them. Yeah, it's a pity that wasn't the, we didn't get to see a bit more of that because it was uh, Sligo and Leitrim, the derby, and you know, they had a bit of a rivalry. They went to the penalties in the Talton Cup uh, last year and there was huge excitement about this one. And um, like Sligo were eight points up in the second half and you're thinking this is done and dusted. But uh, Leitrim, and even without Keith Byrne, he wasn't firing on all cylinders. They still dragged themselves back into it and they got the, I think it was their second goal. It was the weirdest goal I've ever seen. It was like pinball going around the spot and off the post and the goalie sliding and, 
but it kind of looked like at that stage it might be Leitrim's day, like when they're getting a goal like that. And you know, they kind of just forced it over the line nearly out of pure desire, like um, but they were a bit unlucky, like um Leitrim. And yeah, as you said, um, great job by 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 Ushi McConville, but a great job, but I think Andy Moore and they were unlucky, and I think he's done a good job. And I think Leitrim are building something there. So um it was a brilliant division four. I was I was watching on the GA League Tables Twitter account. They had like a red zone going and it was popping up and down. And uh it was so exciting to watch now the whole thing. It's just so disappointing that there wasn't better coverage. Like I don't know I don't know what the right answer is or who, if some broadcaster could have took it on, but you nearly have a whole day just for Division Four dedicated to it. It would have been brilliant. Like I like a red Saturday. zone soccer Saturday kind of thing. Yeah. Like a you know, but that even if the game wasn't games weren't live, just having a panel of people sort of comment and going to them back and forth would have been very exciting. Um, I don't know. Like it, it feels outdated already that that we're not at that stage, and I and I don't see it changing anytime soon. But it just looks like a a gap in the market that some broadcaster can tap into. Uh, it's it's just a shame. It's just a shame. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's for another podcast, the old um, broadcasting rights and whatever, but. Yeah, it's one of them ones where there are kind of brief weekends where there's so much happening that you wish we could um, that it could be a bit more flexible to show the games and a bit more often. But no, it was really good. Um, yeah, it's gonna look. It's gonna be tough on the Sligo lads. Um, but yeah, it, do you know their league final on the Sunday, not to fly to London, leaving. Would you not rather be in a league final with a chance of silverware and then go straight into championship rocking on? Um, I would anyway. Like definitely, to be fair, definitely. a lot of the Sligo lads probably wouldn't have won much over the last number of years. It's it's the only change. I I like the split season. No, they, it was a bit tight between championship, but maybe an extra week or two. But like, these things were going to happen uh, when when we changed. From a structure that was so set in stone for so long, it was never going to be perfect. Um, give it an extra week or two, and all of a sudden, but like that, you, you push everything out for two weeks. All of a sudden, Mayo have three weeks, let's say two weeks after league final, but then Kerry have five weeks. Then all of a sudden, it's very long and such and such as six, you know. So they'll always be someone going, "Ah, the gap is too long. It's too short." Um, and it'll probably be us giving out. To be fair, but um, something, yeah. There's it will be us. There is because <laughs> yeah. we've said we love the split season, and then Lee, because he likes to be different, would say not nah, put the All Ireland back to September. Yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're throwing it on me. I feel like I have to say that. You've <laughs> 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 just been forced no. into a corner. <laughs> but I, I get that from people all the time. Going, ah, no, it's not the same. Third Sunday in September is when the All Ireland should be on. And you're like, on. Yeah, no, no, it's too long. Yeah, no, it's too long. Um, sure. But um, all in all, I think look, it was an exciting uh, league campaign. I don't think the standard was great. I think the standard this year has been really poor. Um, I think we tipped last year for this year to be the most open championship. I think it will be the most open championship. Um, if you're asking me to call it now, which are not, so I'm going to do it anyway. My money's on one of the Connacht boys, Galway or Mayo at the moment, but that can change like that. Yeah. I 
I, I do think Tyrone have turned the corner. Same. I think Kerry will be a different team after the training, a couple of weeks training. Can't rule out Derry. No. no, no, I can't. I think it'll be interesting. I think that League Two final is. I think the. I think all the League finals are going to be brilliant. If the teams all go to win them, I think we'll be in for great games. Um, yeah. like that. Like so, we've already named it there. We've named Tyrone and Derry. Anyone else know to be named there? I don't think so. Tyrone and Derry. Teams that have a and chance, look, like Tyrone, yeah. Derry, Galway, Mayo, Dublin, Kerry. That's yeah. enough. That's yeah. lots. And yeah. to be fair, there's normally one team that has a bit of a blast for yeah. one season where they've come out of nowhere. But like we haven't said that in a long time where you're gonna have two from Ulster really heavily competitive, two from Connacht really competitive. Three. Kerry. Three. Common. Sorry, Do yeah. You know? Ross Common. Yeah. yeah. Do you know? They're the next um, they're, they're the next. I'd have them as you know the next up team up. Like Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. definitely. Like, I just, I do think this year is going to be, it'll be competitive. It'll be interesting to see how the teams, bar Mayo, really, and Galway, and I'm putting Derry beneath them because they're playing a lower standard. But bar the two boys, especially, the farm hasn't been great by a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, like, like that next week's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to the games. Um, I think they'll be great games on to be fair. So uh who we'll, we'll do it, so we'll do it. Now you're trying to hold back a smile, so I'm gonna get your tips first. Who's gonna win? Who's gonna win the league finals? Yeah. Okay. Um <laughs> Galway. <laughs> yeah. Galway, Dublin. Division three will be won by Cavan and division four will be won. Um, by Sligo. All right, not too bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually think Mayo are going to win. Yeah, I think they'll they'll pull it off against Galway. I think Galway they've been motoring along so nicely, and you talking about peaking and everything like Comer coming back just the last ten minutes. The 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 next game and in a couple of weeks, and then I think they're really going to be praying beautifully for the Connacht Championship. So my answer will change. Commit. But I think Mayo will get the win this time round. I do think Dublin will find a way to beat Derry. Um, they'll have been hurting from that first time. Not that I mean it wouldn't be the most shocking thing if Derry get a win. Obviously, they're probably the favourites. But I, th- I think Dublin will find a way. Cavan uh, have lost now two games on the bounce. Now there are two games that they maybe didn't care about, or there was nothing really riding on them. So I think they'll really, really be going for this league final because three games. Three defeats going into the Ulster Championship is now where you want to be. So they'll they'll put a huge emphasis on that. And just to disagree with Niall, I'm going to go with Wicklow. Yeah, they're actually very hard to call. And mm. I was I was there going. There's so much what one mayor doing at the moment. It's hard to back against them with a full team. So I think I'm going to lean with Mayo, but at the same time, I'm going to be distracted by. By Ross, by Ross Common yeah. a week later. Tough I just, one. like, it, it is, it's tough. I'm going to go with Mayo. I'm going to go with Mayo. I just think, just the way they've they started the league, um, I think they were very good. Um, Division 2, I'm going to go Dublin. Just think there has to be a performance in it. We haven't seen anything. 
Um, so that definitely means that Galway and Derry are winning. Um, and Division 3, I'm going to go with Cavan as well. I just think they have more experience up in Crow Park than Fermanagh. Like you said as well, they've had two defeats in the last two games. I don't, they, they didn't have to win them. I think they've done their work and I just think they have a bit more experience up in Crow Park. And Division 4 is a tough one, I, but I'm going to go with, um, I don't know who I'm going to go with here. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Sligo. I think I'm going to go with Sligo for that one, but I think it'll be a good game. Um, so, yeah. So, unfortunately, that's all we have time for. I've given, we've given you our four tips. Um, one of us is bound to be right. Um, between the three of us, we're bound to get every game right. Um, so, unfortunately, that's all we have time for on today's show. Join us next week, and we'll be discussing all the league finals and building up to the championship it's all coming thick and fast the players are burnt out huh? bit of hurling talk for myself and Lee before we go but uh, listen oh, yeah, I'm not going to accuse you of listen I know you don't care about the hurling and is it hurling uh, football, football snobs so listen we'll forget about that and I myself think, and Lee which we all know the hurling league doesn't count no one gets relegated yeah how, how do you call it? Well, how do you call it? How do you call it? Leash, leash got relegated yesterday. How about what? <laughs> Out of division. Not one. what? Star. Come on, man. Uh, no, sure. My, my boss was uh, selected with uh, Westmead. Yeah, they had a good win, to be fair to them. They're actually kind of coming back. So you saved that one there. I'll give it to you. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> Me, We'll be back with a bit of hurling talk. Okay, now for a bit of hurling talk. We had the league semi-finals yesterday. Uh, Limerick beat Tipperary, but it was a, a good battle for a while anyway. It was. Uh, well, this was Saturday night um, and Tipperary started uh, like absolutely brilliant. Uh, they were four points up at half time and, you know, they were playing in the first half. They were playing unbelievable stuff, really. Um, they were making very little mistakes. They were passing the ball brilliantly. They kind of had Limerick um, you know, chasing their tail a small bit. Um, Jason Ford continued his fine form. He's been absolutely unbelievable in this league campaign and he scored three points. One of them in the first half was was um, incredible. But um, as Tipperary have discovered uh, many times against Limerick, uh, you don't win games in, in the first half um, because the, the score difference, it was, one, it was one of the stats, a stats that would, a stat that would stop you dead was that Limerick um, in their last 11 games, Colin Keyes had this before halftime, uh, Limerick are minus 22 against Tipperary and after halftime, they're plus 69. So, um, yeah, we'll always remember that Munster final in Parky Cueve in um, 2021 when they came back from the dead and and hammered Tip and it was something similar. They won by six, but this game was over with 15, 20 minutes to play. So Limerick just turned on the style um, in a big way and I suppose when you consider that they were missing five key players in Kyle Hayes um, Dara O'Donovan um, they were missing Seamus Flanagan and they were missing who is the other two Dan Morrissey and um, the other one will come back to me in a second but you know the lads who replaced them are just as good um, they're stepping in filling the breach no bother at all Cahill O'Neill He's a big lad who's been impressing, but he he seems to be playing the best stuff 
um, at the minute. Um, do you know, Donico Dahl is coming, he's doing well. There's just, they're producing hurlers like it's, do you know, uh, well, yeah, Garrod Hegarty was the other one. He came on as a sub. Um, like when you're bringing Garrod Hegarty on as a blood sub and then taking him back off, I think it sums up where Limerick are at. They're streets ahead, I think, of everyone. Um, and, you know, Tipperary won't be too disappointed. Alan Tynan was very good as well, but um, they just can't live with Limerick. Mm-hmm. And elsewhere, Kilkenny managed to beat Cork and a bit of needle in that one. It was, it was a bit of needle in that. There was a bit of needle in the, actually, I forgot to mention the tip one as well. Uh, William O'Donoghue pulled a bit of a, you know, just got, Alan Tynan and himself were kind of getting stuck into each other at the throw-in, but O'Donoghue went over the top, as he often does, actually, uh, at, at throw-ins, just swinging the hurl wildly. This time he kind of pushed him. A bit of a strike across the head, took Tynan's face guard off. So that's something to, you know, something for him to, Something to look out for because he he is a bit reckless those throw-ins and referees actually not not William Malone referees want to look out for that. Um, but there was a bit of needle in the Cork Kenny one as well. Um, I think uh, Cork were probably they were nearly a beaten docket at, at this stage, um, and maybe it was a bit of frustration that um, crept in, but it did. It all kind of kicked off and. Made its way down towards the wire um, in, in Nolan Park. There was four yellows for finishing Owen Downey was sent off. Um, I seen uh, Pat Ryan, the Cork manager, saying they're going to appeal that because that will rule him out for the first round of the Munster Championship as things stand. Um, but yeah, it was disappointing for Cork. I know, I think Decky Dalton, he, he got injured um, the last day and I think he was a, a very big loss for him because I think he's a key man. Um they're obviously missing Robbie O'Flynn. Uh, they're missing Dara Fitzgibbon as well. Uh, Mark Coleman, a long-term injury. So, do you know, they weren't full strength, Cork, but they'll still be, um, do you know, they'll be, they'll be really hoping they can get those lads back for the championship. But they'll still be disappointed because Kilkenny did, um, they were on top and they bossed this game. And without even being spectacular, um, Kilkenny kind of had their measure. Um Billy Drennan gave another sort of a power-packed performance for Kilkenny. He scored 114. I think it was only a point from play, but he's just, uh, for a lad of his age, he's only 19 or 20, and he's just tremendous composure on the ball and tremendous strength as well. He won that penalty um, for himself as well. Damien Cahillan took a nasty kind of a, a, a stroke at him, and Drennan just stuck it away. It was nearly like a, a Jorginho penalty, if you can imagine that in in hurling but um Kilkenny and Limerick now in the league final and um I would expect you'd expect Limerick to win fairly comfortably and to be honest I'd be very um I wouldn't hold out too much hope for any team league or championship in um keeping it out to keeping it poked out to Limerick this year because they just look unbelievable even missing we mentioned the five lads were missing at the weekend and they're still Tip didn't even play that badly and we're still uh, well beaten. So it's going to be, it's going to take one hell of an effort to beat them. Um, just the other game then in, we mentioned that in the, in the football with Darren there, how Westmead survived. Um, they beat Leash. Leash had beaten them in these sort of situations before. So nice for Westmead. They had definitely been um, a little bit better than Leash. Leash were very disappointed in this league campaign. So they go down and it's between Offaly 
who beat Kerry at the weekend and Kildare, Kildare who have had a, a brilliant uh, league. And I suppose we've seen this coming. We've seen how good Nace were winning the All-Ireland Intermediate um, two years ago. And, you know, colleges like Minute are coming on with a lot of Kildare players on their team. So Kildare are a common force and um, we'll find out next weekend if they're, you know, if they've uh, arrived yet. So, uh, look, the league, it, it wasn't a, a vintage league campaign. I don't think the system lends itself to that, but it did um, pick up definitely a bit in, in the semi-finals. So, um, yeah. Thanks, Niall, for another Hurling Masterclass. That's all from us for the show. Remember to like, share, subscribe to the GAR, and we'll see you all next week.